Welcome to Seizure Salad, Fuster Cluck Epilepticus, a salty, slightly cynical account of epilepsy and neurological disorders, the synaptic jolts that short-circuit one's world, and a search for answers in efforts to rewire the mind and create a new life. Oh, and a whole lot of tangents. And now, Seizure Salad with your host and electrostatic meat sack, Micah Bean. You don't remember how the hell you ended up indoors. You don't remember. Yeah, you're left. You're left. Um, you're left without a teammate. And the the thing that makes it worse for veterans transitioning out of the military is you do lose your tribe. And your tribe, to to be honest with you, that's the medication that keeps people going. That you don't ever want to let your teammate down. That's the number one concern for for the war fighters out there. For the guys that you know, have to go on the front lines and the guys that have to enable people to go on the front lines. If you're part of that military machine, then your brothers in arms mean something to you. It's, there's right. a code that you live by that you say that I'm going to be there to protect your left and your right flank. But when you leave the service and you have nothing left, and if you don't stay connected to the community, then you start to suffer some of these external issues, they start popping up because your tribe is gone, your resolve starts dwindling away. And then some of these issues come to light. And the only resource that you have is a mechanism that's put in place that is condoning over medication. So it's, they want to numb it, they want to give some sort of relief. And with the amount of money that's spent to provide those those services to veterans, they can provide so much better care. There is a holistic approach to healing that doesn't involve medication, doesn't involve getting these people that are potentially already addicted because mm-hmm. they're dealing with traumas. And you know whatever traumas they're dealing with, it could come out in the form of uh, abuse, either chemical abuse or, or drug abuse or gambling or sex or you name it. It comes out in... in in certain ways. And the VA understands it. They know what the problems are and they know it works, but it's like you're looking and you're waiting for something and, and nobody's doing anything about it. So my personal desire stems from the guys and gals that are suffering after they get done with service and they're suffering because of trauma that they experienced while on duty. So I really look at it is just another friend that I lost, another friend that I lost to, you know, some cause that you name it. I've, I've been part of all of them, Afghanistan, Iraq, Africa, Syria, and you lose a friend in that. And you can almost, you can almost deal with that. You get it. That's part of the job. We okay. do dangerous stuff. We go after dangerous people in their backyards, in their homes, in the middle of the night, War is hell and shit happens. But when you lose somebody after they leave the military, they made it through and you lose them, that breaks your heart. It really does. Yeah, man. Um, You put it it so strongly, I just kind of bam. I... Yeah, I'm... I I told you I'm passionate about it. I tell you, you know, we're... we're, I'm just... Okay, so so obviously we we see what your your passion is and why why you've seen your brethren and and your comrades fall down and and 
like you said most succinctly afterwards, which is, God, would you think that's like almost, I don't know, I, I, you get back stateside and you think it's supposed to be okay. Mm-hmm. It's supposed to be okay. This yeah, you is, made it. You made it. Right. Mission accomplished. We're yeah. home. Right. And yeah. I really like the way that you phrase that. Like I've never heard, I've never heard somebody say it that way, but you're, you're perfectly said when you get home from deployment, you really think to yourself, I made it like everything's good again. And that's how you should think, you know, that, well, that, that's how you should think. That's, that's ideally how you should think in the sense of, man, I serve my country mission. We got it. We, we got her done. I'm home. I'm safe. Let's get back to living and loving my family and leading my life. And, but that doesn't happen. And you said something real poignant. It doesn't happen because we're living in a state. We were living in a state 20 years at war. So my, my generation that served during 9-11, we've been at war the whole time. And if you choose a career field like I chose, I chose special, special operations. I was a special operator. And the reason that I chose that is I wanted to be at the very, very, very pointy end of diplomacy when it failed. I wanted to be there. I wanted to be at that point where I can affect the battle space and I can affect it violently. Like I wanted to do that. But what that ended up doing was put, putting me back into deployments every single year repetitively. And nobody's ever done that. So now you got guys leaving the military with 20 deployments, 30 deployments, and they never get to normalize again. And they're stacking these traumas. So what it ends up creating is it's called operator syndrome, and it is repetitive traumatic brain injury and and PTS on a scale that nobody's ever seen before. And it's it's uh, modeled or it's representative of football players that take repetitive shots to their head. And what it does is it just picks away at your brain and and your brain starts shutting down and no blood flow goes up there. So you're living a shell of a life and guys started killing themselves left and right. Seven years ago, there was something that was happening. We were losing all of our guys to self-sabotage or they were committing suicide because of something. And they did a, they did a study and, and the, the results came out and they decided Okay, let, let's change the narrative here. Let's change the way we treat these guys. Let's stop treating them like the resources that we know they, the, they, they know that they are, and we know that they know that they are. We're a resource. We're oil for the high-octane vehicle. Right. It's, a, it's a fast car, and we're the consumable. You put us in, we make the engine work, and then it spits out. It spits us out, and then what do you do with us then? But they need to start treating us like the like the vehicle itself and giving us that preventative care and giving us that sustained care and the post care. So they really started changing the way that they were doing it. And they invested a ton of money into human performance. So they, they, the military, the special operations community hired a staff of people to essentially bring us back from war. Like you said, 
when I, when I come home, I step off the plane, I made it. I got my duffel bag in hand and I get, I see my family and I, and I feel like I made it, but no, that's not the case. I'm going to come home and I'm going to take it out on my family. And then I'm going to, I'm going to not sleep right. And I'm going to be addicted to drugs or alcohol. And that's what reality is. So these teams got put in place to bring us back from that. And it's a bunch of specialists. It's, we have chaplains that, that do incredible work. We have uh, PAs and doctors and nutritionists and physical therapists and strength coaches and uh, sports psychologists and neurologists and um, caseworkers. We have a team of elite professionals that we can go in and they would treat us. They would, they would say, hey, what do you got going on? And whatever it was, they were treating us in-house. And if they couldn't treat us in-house, then they were sending us out to other organizations. And I went through that. Mike, I'm the, I'm the, I'm the good story. And that's why I want to use my presence and my energy and my passion for, for healing as the good story to say, yeah, you can do it. And all anybody out there suffering, you can do it. I was yeah. able to do it. I have multiple traumatic brain injuries. I have. I got shot in the face. I got uh, blown up several times. My last deployment, I was. This is to my sick kids. Time to flip this shit. Depakote, Adderall, Ritalin, Pixie Sticks. I don't give a fuck what you're riding to the setting sun. Use it as a weapon when it's said and done. It's all too much. Seizure Salad, Fuster Cluck Epilepticus is produced and hosted by Michael Ball. The song Seizure Boy, courtesy of Watsky, and used with permission. Find more great music and poetry on his website, georgewatsky.com. Original logo painting by Brent Olson of Olson Studios. Follow our podcast, like our Facebook page. Whatever floats your boat, just keep listening. And join us again soon for another episode of Seizure Salad. Until then, remember to unexpect the expected and that it's all in your head. Take a minute to the whip and then I'm gonna mash on gas. Cause I'll be crashing that impasse with that ass syntax. Skinny motherfucker off a bucket of slim fast.